When you first hear the term alpha-gal syndrome, you'd be forgiven for thinking it has something to do with woke, gender-bender agendas. Although alpha-gal sounds like a bad Hollywood movie, it is the official name of a disease said to be a reaction to ingesting the carbohydrate galactose-alpha-1,3-galactose. This sugar is found in most red meats, hence it is also known as red meat allergy. After thousands of years, why would allergies to red meat start appearing? We are led to believe that tick bites are to blame. Let's have a look at who is promoting the apparent surge in people affected by this condition, what the scientific evidence actually shows, and whether we have anything to worry about. Seventeen October, third examination of Dudley Heinzbergen. All right, Dudley, make yours like mine. Raleigh's next book was on the subject of a condition he called Heinzbergen syndrome. Where's that red one gonna go? Done. Good, very good. <laughs> My goodness, how interesting, how bizarre. Dudley suffers from a rare disorder combining symptoms of amnesia, dyslexia, and colorblindness with a highly acute sense of hearing. There is also evidence of... I'm not colorblind, am I? I'm afraid you are. Last month, the BBC ran a story with the headline, Alpha Girls Syndrome. Meat allergy linked to tick bites rising, CDC says. Once again, we have another fear-based narrative, whether it be alleged infectious diseases or related to tick bites. In my recent video, The Lyme Disease Lie, I also mentioned the media stories warning that Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever is poised to come to the United Kingdom and also said to be spread by ticks. So why is this happening now? Well, according to the experts, the ticks have changed their patterns due to... Climate change. You'll note that everything comes back to blaming us, with the quote, experts, then requiring us to modify our behaviour. Coincidence number two is that these fear-based narratives about red meat are a tool of the globalists. The World Economic Forum has been gaslighting the public with articles such as Our taste for meat is endangering the planet, published in 2019. They state that, in 2010, beef alone was responsible for 25% of all food-related greenhouse gas emissions, with meat demand set to skyrocket in Asia and other emerging regions. We need to find a more sustainable way of providing our growing population with protein. In my video, Should You Eat Bugs, I expose some of the contrived metrics that are employed to declare what is sustainable. On top of that, we have the bogus dangerous greenhouse gases claim here. And don't forget that while the WEF is suggesting that the masses should be eating insects, in Davos they are laughing and enjoying prime beef steak straight off a hot stone. Bill Gates has been another frontman in the war on meat with his less than convincing promotions of fake meat. As you know, suspicion and coincidences are one thing, 
But to properly investigate alpha-gal syndrome, we need to dive into the scientific literature. Before we get there, we can see some other interesting nuggets in the BBC article where it states, Due to difficulties with diagnosis, the CDC says that up to 450,000 Americans in total may have developed meat allergies due to alpha-gal. So it is difficult to know if you have it, but lots of people are now affected. And a survey of 1,500 doctors and health workers from last year found that 42% of them had never heard of the syndrome. Well, I would say that 100% of them would not have known about COVID-19 either if it hadn't been for the relentless media and government propaganda pushing the quote, novel disease. Then when you see articles such as COVID-19 precautions for alpha-gal syndrome patients and Lyme TV, alpha-gal, the red meat allergy panel, you know that you're entering unicorn territory. I probably should have put a trigger warning at the start of the video. Once upon a time, alpha-gal was essentially confined to the textbooks. In fact, there is the big book on alpha-gal and anti-gal that was published in 1999 and weighs in with nearly 400 pages on the biochemistry. You'd think that this would mean they know a lot about it, but when they claim that alpha-gal is present in the shells of, quote, viruses, question marks start appearing. An interesting declaration does appear in the preface, though, where it states, It has been 15 years since the first report on the isolation of anti-gal from human serum, and the demonstration that this antibody is the most prevalent antibody in humans. More on this soon. A suspicious feature of alpha-gal syndrome is that it is new. Humans have been eating meat for thousands of years. Ticks have been around for the whole time, and yet this alleged disease has just popped up. Sounds a bit like a Lyme disease rerun. It's a trap! In her recent article, Dispelling Unwarranted Fears, Dawn Lester also commented on this interesting development and the fact that it is receiving increased attention in the mainstream media raises questions. The story of how it was discovered is indeed rather convenient. As stated on Wikipedia, the allergy was first formally identified as originating from tick bites in the United States in 2002 by Thomas Platts Mills. Platts Mills and Scott Commons were attempting to discover why some people were reacting negatively to the carbohydrate in the cancer drug cetuximab. They had previously hypothesized that a fungal infection or parasite could lead to the allergy. When Platts Mills was bitten by a tick, and developed alpha-gal allergies, his team came to the conclusion that a link existed between tick bites and the allergy. That is quite a coincidence. Just as the immunologist was looking for the cause, a tick came along and purportedly gave him the incredibly rare condition he was investigating. Let's pause for a moment here. They were investigating why some people were reacting, quote, negatively to cetuximab. We have dealt with the foolishness of trying to treat cancer with chemotherapy elsewhere. In this case, a protein that is called a monoclonal antibody is injected into the veins of sick people. But despite pulling in billions of dollars for Big Pharma, even Wikipedia concedes this drug is a fizzer and kills people even faster than cancer. The negative effects of cetuximab are expected effects and there is no need to create the scapegoat condition alpha-gal syndrome to explain another example of poisoning with allopathic medicine. 
No doubt many other toxic pharmaceuticals are causing such illnesses, while the medico-pharmaceutical industry ignores it or creates cover stories. The backfill for this increasingly silly story can be found in the 2008 paper Cetuximab-Induced Anaphylaxis and IgE-Specific for Galactose Alpha-1, 3-Galactose, which was co-authored by Platts-Mills. Before we look at this paper, we note that it was supported by Bristol-Myers Squibb, who, you'll remember, were bringing in the sales revenues, and M-Clone Systems, a previous biopharmaceutical company that owned cetuximab at the time. Some of the authors were employees of these companies, and some, like Platt Mills, were in receipt of payments from them. The cream on the cake comes when they state, no other potential conflict of interest relevant to this article was reported. If we look at the case definition here, it is a significant reaction, including anaphylaxis to the drug. This does not mean they can then attribute it to a new disease, soon to be known as alpha-gal syndrome. These individuals were not presenting with a history of red meat allergy. The authors try to jimmy that story in by stating, patients who have such antibodies do not report a rapid onset of allergic symptoms after the ingestion of beef, pork or cow's milk. However, we have identified a series of patients with IgE antibodies against Galactose Alpha 1-3 Galactose who reported having had episodes of anaphylaxis or severe angioedema one to three hours after eating beef or pork. Unpublished data. Well, that's convenient. In any case, they have only given us the published data where they claim they have established this discovery through the detection of an antibody. The textbook on alpha-gal reports that all humans have IgG alpha-gal antibodies, which does not cause alpha-gal syndrome. But now they claim that the newly discovered IgE alpha-gal antibody means that people have a red meat allergy, even if that's not what they presented with. This smacks of a cover story. What a remarkable coincidence that a researcher who was receiving payments from the pharmaceutical industry came up with this idea and the very same researcher was bitten by a tick which allowed him to make the quote discovery of how the disease was started. The symptoms of the so-called alpha-gal syndrome are generic and include rashes, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, runny nose, coughing and sneezing. Even on the terms of mainstream immunology, the so-called allergic reaction is very delayed at up to eight hours. Then throw in another of Platts Mill's statements that appeared in a 2013 paper where he admitted many patients describe having eaten lean meats such as deli ham or venison tenderloin without any evidence of a reaction, whereas having spare ribs the same week has led to emergency treatment. Is anyone still buying the story? In both situations, the person ingested alpha-gal, but on only one occasion did they have alleged alpha-gal symptoms. If alpha-gal is not the independent variable, what could be going on here? That's right, alpha-gal syndrome is another fictional construct from allopathic medicine, something that has not been established through the scientific method. Let's be clear, we are not saying that people don't sometimes get sick 
when they eat red meat. But this is not a novel syndrome. This is eating bad meat, or dietary errors, or coinciding with the ingestion of something else. Or, as the papers we have just mentioned showed, reactions to pharmaceuticals. Alpha-gal syndrome is a lazy diagnosis that distracts from what really makes people ill. The same issue is at play with the claim that ticks are causing the disease. For example, the citation for alpha-gal allergies develop after a person has been bitten by the paralysis tick in Australia is a case report. It reads as follows. After his first tick bite, the patient continued to eat mammalian meat two to three times weekly. Three months following the first tick bite, however, he consumed kangaroo meat between 6 to 7 p.m., and at 1am awakened with paresthesia of the hands and feet, and then within another 20 minutes developed generalised pruritus, generalised urticaria and dyspnea. So he was able to eat other alpha-gal containing meat, but it was a batch of kangaroo meat that made him ill. Did they examine the kangaroo meat for toxicity, or look into other causes? No, although they did note that the cofactor alcohol was operative in several episodes that he experienced. Then they grasp at straws stating, he noted that he tolerated a single lamb chop, but the ingestion of two lamb chops would occasion an anaphylaxis. And cow's milk products have continued to be tolerated, and mammalian gelatine is tolerated orally. Once again, what is the independent variable here? They are permitting all sorts of variables and then claiming that it is specific to alpha-gal syndrome. At this point, the layperson may be bamboozled with the serology or blood test results of detected antibodies as presented in Table 1 of the paper. Now, the mainstream claims about antibodies have as many holes as Swiss cheese. For those wanting to take a deeper dive into so-called antibodies, then you can watch my other videos, including the three-part series of the Perth Group's Yin and Yang of HIV. I would also recommend the multiple articles on antibodies at virallyg.com, where Mike Stone dismantles some of the foundational scientific papers, exposing that they are largely hypothetical constructs with grossly misattributed biological functions. However, the deeper scientific material does not need to be consulted here, as we can simply look at how they claim this alleged disease is diagnosed. If we consult the American Gastroenterological Association Clinical Practice Update in February this year, they state that most individuals with alpha-gal antibodies in the population are asymptomatic and tolerate mammalian meat ingestion. Not looking good for them. It goes on to state... A diagnosis of alpha-gal syndrome may be made in patients with consistent symptoms. But we have seen from the publications that the symptoms are not consistent. Not only are a wide variety of symptoms permitted, but patients with the alleged syndrome can still eat many products that contain alpha-gal. They continue that the diagnosis is based on an increased alpha-gal IgE titer. And this is where it falls apart again. Everyone has these proteins in their blood but someone is coming up with an arbitrary positive level, even though most are asymptomatic. The final part of the sentence, whose symptoms resolve or improve after adherence to an alpha-gal avoidance diet, again does not stack up. 
the published case reports reveal that it was only some occasions of eating red meat that caused reactions, and the dietary modifications are changing multiple variables. We must also consider the additional factor of giving patients a disease label and telling them that they are allergic to red meat. When a doctor tells a patient this, the potential for nocebo or negative effects through psychological factors alone is enormous. The patient now has an expectation that any ingestion of red meat or dairy or gelatin could be a serious threat to their health. In summary, we have a concocted syndrome that has tried to throw together a variety of symptoms with a possible history of a tick bite, variable reactions to different sources of red meat, and an antibody assay that they admit does not predict whether the individual has or will develop any symptoms at all. If you want to see how preposterous it gets as they try to hold this gossamer together, a 2020 publication stated that whether a reaction occurs to an individual exposure is inconsistent and often appears to follow no identifiable pattern for patients. The lack of consistent reactions is, in itself, almost a diagnostic hallmark. Activity, alcohol consumption and exercise can have profound influence on reactivity. Some patients appear to have reactions that require cofactors. Also of note in that same paper was their typical alpha-gal food challenge was with Jimmy Dean Original Sausage Meat. Well, I had a quick look at that product and wouldn't give it to our dog. The COVID-19 era exposed the fully manifested nonsense of how allopathy invents fictional quote novel diseases, blames climate change, employs non-diagnostic tests, and then with the help of mainstream media and friends, convinces the public that apparent cases are rising everywhere. In the case of alpha-gal, it is highly unlikely that you will ever have an actual red meat allergy. Getting a disease label and paying attention to blood antibody assays is not going to help anyone on the receiving end, particularly if they're trying to feed you dog roll. You are far better off making sure that your food sources are of the highest quality and you have an idea of their provenance. Concentrating on obtaining your purest water and diet along with right thinking and exercise while avoiding excesses are the ways to get to best health. All of this information can be found for free at drsambailey.com and please consider becoming a subscriber where for just $5 a month you can also get access to Q&A sessions with Mark and I. If you enjoyed this video, please visit supportdrsam.com 